Did you guys see the uh, Ninja Turtle Power Ranger crossover pops for the San Diego Comic Con? Wait, not. Ninja Turtle Power Ranger cro- crossovers? Wait, maybe I did see that. Yeah, they were like Ninja Turtles that looked like Power Rangers. It was really like mind fucky. <laughs> they only, I think I only saw like one or two. Like they didn't do like the whole, like all the characters, right? It was just a few. I just, I think I just saw Donatello, but I assumed that they would have done it to all of them, gave them all of that treatment. There's only four, right? I mean... Unless they're just like that's the first wave, and then they're doing another wave later. Oh, true, maybe. Okay, so they're doing a comic book crossover. Okay. With what? Wait, they are. Wait, those pops are from a comic book crossover. Well, they announced that like they're they're doing another crossover in October in the comic Man. books. I'm gonna have to grab that. Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles together? Fuck yeah. It's gonna start if Power Rangers 101 and then they're gonna have a full title book in December. Like, it's literally called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> oh, there was a first Wait, one? two? They did it? Yeah. Oh no, I missed it. Was there a, a, a Mecha Giga Turtle Zord? Yes, without question. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I will form the shell. And I will also form the shell. (laughs) And I will also form the shell. (laughs) (laughs) The shell's going to be big, guys. So you got to get it. Yeah, if it's a big Zord, it's going to be a big shell. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to like remember, I'm like, there's there's a Godzilla monster that's just that, right? Just a big old turtle. <laughs> I feel like I feel like yes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's it, it of course brought me to a ranking list of all of his enemies. <laughs> Number twenty five, Comobius, which is just a giant turtle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it dies off screen. Ah. Uh... <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me for this episode are two people that have already chosen to accept this mission. Andy Stolls. What's up, podcast people? And Ian Lydic. Shag me later or shag me now? <laughs> you going full on Austin Powers for this? <laughs> that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> no, you did not get this memo. What the hell? That's, that's the mission I accepted. <laughs> me and right. Austin are going... To the 60s, or was he from the 60s? Wait, <laughs> I think he does a little Time bit of both, right? The first movie is like him from the 60s to quote present day 90s or whatever, and then from the second one, he goes backwards to back to the 60s. I think so. To save us from the future that is Aku, yes. I know you didn't get that Samurai Jack. No, reference. no, I did not. <laughs> did it? I give it away. I've always wanted to watch that show, I just never have. I want to watch the reboot they did. I never did that. Uh, all right, so the mission that we actually accepted is the the Never Seen That series for the Mission Impossible movies. So 
we haven't done it, never seen that for a while. We've done them to varying degrees of success for the show. So I started, I think way back, I tried to do it with Star Wars. I tried to get a couple of people, some friends of mine to watch Star Wars that hadn't seen it. Uh, I think we made it through the F- A New Hope and Empire before that kind of fell off and we didn't finish. Uh, then we tried Lord of the Rings. We made it through two thirds of that series and then same thing happened, scheduling and just kind of fell off. Uh, Josh and I, I think we're bouncing back and forth between a few movies that we hadn't seen that were kind of like one-offs for a little bit. Uh, and then we kind of came to the agreement at one point to trade horror movies for Fast and the Furious movies. So I think that worked pretty well. Um, they're all out there, I guess, if you want to listen. We haven't done them for a while, so it's probably back in the, within a year of the back catalog for the show. I'm surprised um, you didn't make an agreement, Ian, to make Brian watch some animes that you really like and... I I offered like and he ref- he refused. Yeah. Well, hey, if I was able to, could you you agreed to do this before we made some sort of compromise? So I'm gonna take what I can get here. If I don't have to do anything else on on my end, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring my Blu-rays. <laughs> um, going back to the Fast and Furious stuff, Josh has not seen all of the Fast and Furious movies. We kind of picked what we deemed sort of the best ones in the series, and I think that was that was enough for him. He. He was at the very least learned about family, so we moved on from there after that. Two, four, uh, five. We did. We did one, two. No, wait. We did one, four, five, six, and I don't think we did seven. I think we stopped there. It's, maybe it's, maybe yeah. we did do seven. I would. I think we did five. Six. Well, five's the best one. We did four or five. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we skipped. Yeah, two and three we skipped for sure, and then we definitely didn't get to eight and nine because those are ridiculously John bad. Cena <laughs> yes that happens too I can't believe you didn't do two and three those are great movies they're they're fine but <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get Josh to sit down to watch them all like really willingly plus I didn't know how many horror movies you're gonna pick for me so that seemed like a nice good number get to about five movies I think I might have been able to handle that so oh I just remembered our agreement I, you're gonna watch crimes of the future no that was never a good point no the Cronenberg film. no no yes no. Were they like the chest wounds? No. That was definitely not a thing that happened. No. Lick? Oh, yeah. Well, or she blows into it. I'm not sure. (laughs) None of that. I haven't seen the film yet. None of that. Like a Nintendo cartridge? (laughs) (laughs) I need to make that. I need to make that old surprise. Stop the episode of making this. (laughs) (laughs) Ian just found his next meme. It's going up on YouTube. (laughs) Credit to the Druid on Twitter. Um, all right, so if you're wondering uh, what the Never Seen That Stuff is all about, it's pretty much, like, I think, pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's always been envisioned as a way to introduce someone to a movie or series that they were sort of surprised they haven't seen yet, that they kind of feel like, we kind of feel like they should have seen. Um, so to start us off, we usually try to record a little bit before watching the movie, see where people are at, get the, the bar, kind of with the status quo, and then we'll break for the movie, and then we'll come back afterwards and give thoughts after we've watched the film. So... For Mission Impossible, I think this actually stemmed from, I feel like from when talking about Mission Impossible hitting uh, most anticipated lists and coming up in conversation, I, th- I know between Ian and I, um, to which he admitted he had never seen a Mission Impossible movie before, and where I immediately replied, you've never seen that, and here we are doing a never seen that. Um, Andy, I think if I remember right, you're a bit of a mixed bag, like you've you've seen some of the earlier ones, but kind of fell off and hasn't seen some of the most recent ones, right? Fairly sure I saw one through four. Okay. I know for a fact one through three, and I may have seen five. I don't. All right, so you got most of the way there. But either way, I guess it's been a while for you, right? It's You're pretty far removed from watching them. Pretty far removed. Okay. 
Yeah, um, it's it's. I don't know. When 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 did four come out? Like a decade ago. Four has been a while. I don't have the dates in front of me. That's fine. I just but... it it's been a long time now. So yeah, maybe a decade. All right, so so I've got Andy on board just to kind of agree to rewatch a lot of these, and then when we get to the ones he hasn't seen, we'll finally get to some of the newer ones. Um, so my plan, uh, if we can stick this out, hopefully, is to cover a Mission Impossible movie every two months leading up to the release of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which is the number seven movie in this series. Oh, sorry, Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's specifically Part 1. So we are getting another Mission Impossible the year after, which I'm guessing will be Part 2. Filmed at um, the same time? They did film them together, okay. yes. Nice. But they had to deal with COVID and other delays in the movie, so I don't know. It, t- it took a very long time to, to film this stuff, so I think they've they've delayed accordingly. It keeps getting delayed, which is... There are two movies that I'm really looking forward to. They keep hitting my anticipated list, and they keep getting delayed to the next year. So it's like... Part of me is like, are these ever going to come out? <laughs> You're like, these have been on my anticipated list for two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Going on three. <laughs> so we have we have um, six movies to get through in a little less than 12 months. So if we stick to that, two, two, one movie every two months, we'll hit that right before Dead Reckoning comes out. Um, Our own Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, if you will. Yes. Start the uh, So the Mission... Yeah, the uh, like the fuse, the uh, the mission timer or the now you got me saying it too. God damn it. The, the Mission Impossible franchise uh, started as a TV series in 19, 1966, uh, came back as a television series again in 1988. And now it's a film film franchise, which kicked off with the movie we're about to watch in 1996. This has become, I really think, in my opinion, Tom Cruise's flagship franchise. Out of all the others, like Top Gun Maverick made a shit ton of money, but there's only two of them. There are six Mission Impossible movies, and they're still making them. Um, I guess I'll just start to open it up for you guys a little bit. Uh, Andy, how do you feel about Tom Cruise movies? Are, are you like his stuff? So I, I went through a lot of <laughs> a lot of my younger years saying that I hated Tom Cruise, and then I like <laughs> sat down and like started thinking about it, and like there's a lot of good Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite movies is The Last Samurai. I know it's weird, like Tom Cruise being in a you know yeah Japanese movie, but awesome, awesome flick, uh, one of my favorites. And I started thinking about it, and you know, Top Gun's awesome, and Mission Impossible's are awesome, and The Mummy was well, okay, well maybe not that. Much, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he just like he sort of annoys me as 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 a person, but the movie, he, I feel like he does a good job of acting. And choosing his movies. Yeah. I will agree. So, he's a he's a weird fucking guy. Yes. But he makes some damn good movies. <laughs> yep. I feel like the same way about Michael Jackson. I think Michael Jackson was a weird fucking dude. Oh, but his music was fucking man. killer. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, Ian, how do you feel about Tom Cruise? Uh, I don't really mind him. I've only seen like two of his movies, so... Not only, really. only two? What uh, two movies? Top Gun Maverick. And he was in Goldmember. Was he in... Uh, wait. Oh, I'm yeah, on his IMDb. Right <laughs> <end>. <laughs> so you're So you're mentally checking off which movies you've seen just by looking at the list? Yeah. Okay. And I might have seen The Outsiders. <laughs> I can't remember. One of my favorite performances from him was actually Tropic Thunder. If you guys oh, yeah, yeah. That. I remember that. Nope. And, like, you don't even fucking recognize him. Until, in my opinion, until he starts dancing at the end. And then I'm like, holy fuck, is that 
Is that Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, I think I cut you off earlier. I forgot what you were going to say. Did you have something to say before when I threw it to Ian? Oh, you said Michael Jackson's music is killer. Yeah, I said, yeah. Don't you mean thriller? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and moving on. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess, Ian, going in, what do you know or what have you heard about the Mission Impossible movies? He drops down from the ceiling. Okay. He runs. That's yep. That's a staple in most Tom Cruise movies. And eventually, he goes rogue. I think that's fair for most spy movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they made one called Rogue Nation, so they I did. Don't know if he was the nation, because he's that impressive, <laughs> he's or the wrecking after crew, yeah. a Rogue Nation. But I think he's been kicked out. Oh, and Simon Pegg shows up at some point. I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, correct. Yeah, he's also a very good actor. Other than that, uh, that's uh, that's uh, oh, I also know they should be called Mission Improbable because there's seven of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they were impossible, they wouldn't have got past one. Or yes. I'd give you one, you know. <laughs> or you know, seven seven different teams trying to take on the same impossible mission and. All of them failing. Hope Every the movie's a new will. team because the last one has died trying to do the yeah, impossible the mission. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like, you're, every movie you're watching, you're like, they're going to do it this time. Like, just, <laughs> it's always the, the same mission, yeah, just you, different teams. Yeah, yeah. And then you just get the carpet pulled out from under you every time. You're just like, I really thought they were going to do it this time, guys. Damn it. They would make seven of these and fail every time, right? Like, they have to do it one of these times. <laughs> I feel like you could make sure. a good... Oh, no, that, those fuckers, they did it again. <laughs> Like a good space movie like that, where they eventually find the other, like, six ships that blew up. <laughs> but it's, you know, too late to turn back now. It's, what is this, some kind of suicide mission? <laughs> space Mission Impossible. Pitch this. It sounds awesome. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> then the, but the colon is, but actually impossible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That that would be the joke. You just make the title longer every 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 movie because they failed the last time, and you just keep going. Oh, but in the fourth one, we said four teams at once. It's like it's like greatest race, but they're all racing to death. So it's like death race. Million dollar franchise right there. Hello, Mister Tarantino. <laughs> um. I was going to ask if, if, Ian, there's a reason you haven't seen these movies before, but I think you've just crafted better movies in your head, and that's probably why. <laughs> it sounds like it. I just have never been, I guess, super into the spy genre. Okay. I've also never... I've, I've, I've seen, I think, an hour's worth of James Bond. And that was enough? Um, we were Old just James some... Bond? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. It's just odd at someone's house while other, okay. other people were doing drugs and I wasn't. <laughs> Um, Andy, uh, well, I guess really I was going to ask if there's a reason you haven't seen this before, but you have seen this one before. So you just kind of fell off the track, right? They just, I don't know. You you got through three or four and that was about it. Yeah. I just, they started coming out and I just wasn't catching up to them. So. Okay. Um, I guess Ian, do you have any predictions for what we're about to watch? 
I think this is the one where he drops from the ceiling. Okay. Is that the only one you want to throw out there and see if you're right, and then we'll we'll reconvene and see what the tally is later? No Simon Pegg. He drops from the ceiling. He runs at least three times. Okay. I find out if he's in M16 or, like, the CIA <laughs> or something. So I'm actually curious now thinking, and I'm like, I know he's in government, but I don't know, like, where, if they made up a fake agency. And okay. there's going to be at least one time I'm like, oh, is this Jack Reacher? <laughs> <laughs> I think you made Andy spit out some coffee a little bit there. <laughs> Almost came out my nose. <laughs> I think they're going to save the airplanes, like the big airplane stuff for like the next one. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to predictions. Fly an airplane. We'll we'll get to predictions before each movie. So every every yeah. time we do this, we'll we'll see what you think is going to happen in the one we're about to watch. Yeah, I gotta uh, I gotta see where this falls on his timeline if he needed to fly airplanes yet. I feel like I so should start is, looking yeah. up like what some of the like Tom Cruise staples for movies are. Running is a good thing. So Andy, how many times do you think Tom Cruise runs in this movie? Ian Ian went down at least three. We'll get it. We'll I'm get a prediction say... from everybody and see where you're at. Six. Six times? Yep. Okay, and you, Brian, because there's no way you remember how many times Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. Like, I can I can picture a few scenes, but now I'm like, is that all that's in the movie, or am I forgetting some? I'm going to say... I'm going to say four times. My prediction is four times. I mean, really, Ian says at least three, so I guess that would count if four is... Like, he'd hit that too, but... Can't lose. I should make you. Is it? I'm gonna make you pick a solid number since we're all picking solid numbers. Thank you. <laughs> okay. What were the other two guesses? <laughs> six. And, and four. Andy went six. I went four. I'm gonna split the difference. Five. Yeah, I forgot okay. we got it. We gotta spell it out for your audience. <laughs> all right, five, four, five, and six. We'll see who's right when we when we come back after watching the movie. I'm gonna guess five every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some of these you will be right. And some of these, I, I, I think we're like going to be surprised at how much he runs. We should we should throw like over unders and, and put a, like a dollar on each movie. We <laughs> like need to find this one's going to set it. Like if he runs like fifteen times in this, I'm fucked because that I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's always going to be more than the last one. <laughs> I feel like we also have to do like a, a maybe like somehow I don't know how to accurately do it, but clock how much time he runs because some movies he might only run once, mm. but it is a long run. So I don't know like, how we can track that, but like time on screen running or something like that, I think we have to somehow get to that. What about different cuts of him still running? I th- like, I, say, I would count that as one running. instance. Like it's the it's like, the it's the act of running, even if you're seeing it from different angles, it's the same same. That's okay, one. So he's running, chasing down a car, and speeding away from him. You know, and they they cut to the car, they cut to him, they cut to the car, they cut yeah. to him. All the same instance of running. Yeah, I would think okay. if he if unless he, he comes to like a stop or something. Yes. I would I would say the same thing. If he catches the car and stops, but then has to run again, I'm counting that as two. Because okay. that was the wrong car, or, <laughs> you know, they got into it, they rolled out into a different car. <laughs> oh, um, and there's going to be at least one time, I say, what is that? And it's a, it's a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I think there is something. <laughs> I was going to say, and surprisingly, I think they, they show up in some of the newer movies, too, so I can't wait till we get to, like, recent ones when it's still coming up. <laughs> uh, 
last question I will throw out. I, I feel like I kind of want to ask, well, I kind of want to ask about stunts, but I don't remember when it really got to, like, Tom Cruise, the stunt show for some of these. Because that's the other thing that I think these movies are very notable for, is Tom Cruise just doing fucking crazy asinine things that you wouldn't expect him to want to do, but he does them anyway. Um, so I don't know if... if they, I'll just throw it out there. If you think there's anything crazy that Tom Cruise will do in this movie. I don't think there will be a point where I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe they let him do that because yeah. I think it's too early for that still. And also, okay. this movie's so old, I think it's going to be really hard to impress me with a stunt. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Yeah, Andy has the, the like, you you I'm sure at least remember some of this, so I don't know how much you can contribute to some of these questions without actually, like, spoiling or giving anything away. I've seen the first movie several times. It was uh, a movie that when it, like, came into being able to own it and whatever, I remember watching it a lot. So I have a pretty decent memory of, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am looking forward to, I remember there being a lot of misdirection in the movie, and I'm looking forward to getting back into that and seeing if I can remember all the things that mislead you into thinking one thing or the next. Yeah. I, th- I think this one turns out to be a very good, like, spy thriller type of movie. Brian De Palma directed this one, uh, so it, I, I think it fits his style pretty good, which, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into that whenever we finally get into the movie. Um. Last question I'll throw out to you guys, just as a prediction, see where we stand after this. Uh, Ian, since you're the one that hasn't seen this, do you think you will like it? Do you expect to like this going in? And if it's no, then I'll be surprised if you like it afterwards. Or if it's a yes, I'll be surprised if you didn't like it afterwards. But just to see where the where the bar is. I think it's... it's I, I would lean towards like, but I think it's going to be one of those, I'm like, yeah, that's a solid action flick. Like, yeah, that's just as good as Morbius. Oh, no, God, that should not be the bar. No. <laughs> um, Andy, same question, even though you've already seen this before, but do you expect to maybe like it any more or less on a repeat viewing? I'm going to answer it in a different fashion. I'm going to say, yes, I think it'll still hold up. Okay, that's fair. Um, Anything else you guys want to throw out before we get to this movie? Nothing? Okay. No, I'm I'm excited to see it again. It's been... A long time, so. All right. Well, no turning back after this. So uh, <laughs> I think it's about time we start this journey. We're going to go watch the movie. Uh, if you haven't watched along and, and want to, feel free to pause us now. Watch the movie yourself. Uh, or if you've done your homework and already watched the movie, then you can just keep listening. Uh, but we'll be back after watching the movie. And either way, uh, we'll reconvene once the movie's over. All right. We'll talk to you then. All right. So we finished our viewing of Mission Impossible. Uh, for this part of the discussion, we've added another IMF agent. Mike Bradley joined us for the discussion. I, I'll take being an IMF agent. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, I feel like probably before we get into the discussion, I'm going to throw out the spoiler alert for this. So if you haven't seen 1996's Mission Impossible and do not want spoiled, pause this now. Come back after watching the movie. Unless you're into that sort of thing, we'll sort of take care of you after that. Uh, either way, last warning, spoilers to follow. Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, Ian, I'm going to start with you since technically you're the only one that hasn't seen this before. Uh, but what did you think of the movie? Did it live up to or fall short of your whatever expectations you had going in? I, I think we talked about this in the beginning that my expectations weren't high. <laughs> they weren't, like, phenomenal. It's obvious, like, you know, they've made 
seven bajillion of these. Six. Uh, so far. I've chosen to watch zero of them. <laughs> I have never attempted to watch them. I've never seen them. I, at most, I think, have seen in the beginning of a movie theater, they'll show clips of movies where they tell you how awesome it is to be at the movies, mm -hmm. and you see Tom Cruise descend from the ceiling. I've seen that. Okay. I feel times. like everybody knows that scene, whether they've <laughs> seen the movie or not. Like, you know about that part. They, whether you even know they, the context, you, you know about that. Yeah, he didn't steal any diamonds. I was surprised. <laughs> um, it was fine. You know, it wasn't like, holy shit, I can't believe you needed to make five more of these. It was like, okay, I, I guess someone wanted to make five more of these. Sure, I'd, I'm not a producer. What do I know? And counting. It's, you know, it's the, the, it seemed like an average action flick. Okay. It didn't do anything special that I was um honestly surprised that people were like, Oh fuck, I need another one of these bad boys to hunk down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the I guess I never really thought like what the reasoning was that they just kept churning them out. Why well, I think Tom Cruise saw it as like a, a way to almost make a TV show but in a movie. Like he just wanted to keep pumping them out like an episode of a TV show. And his, I know his thought for a while was, let's change up the director and stuff and get a different flavor for each one of these movies going forward, which lasted the first, technically five, because five and six are the same director, and now seven and eight are all going to be the same director too, so. Is that the same as five and six, or is it, is it yeah. like five, Rogue, six, seven, and eight all are going to be the same? Yes, or was it Rogue five Nation, and Fallout, and now Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 are all Chris McQuarrie. Okay. So, I, and even, like... Five and six, even though they were still Macquarie, they I think they have a little bit of a different tone to them, like slightly. Like I think you can still tell it's McHugh, but it's still like I think from what I remember reading was like when we when we get to that one, I guess that uh, McHugh tried to still use that uh, thing that Tom wanted to do, which is basically try to have it feel different each time. So McHugh was the director, but I think he changed up the entire crew working on each movie. So it was the same director, but they got a different composer. They got a different editor. They got a different cinematographer. Like, across the board, they changed a bunch of stuff to try to keep it different. Um, but, uh, Andy, I'll jump to you. What, uh, since you've seen this before, rewatch, what did you think? Like it any better or less? Um, I felt like it held up pretty well still. Uh, there yep. were a couple of uh, moments that I didn't expect to sort of... I don't want to call them cringeworthy, but I was like, eh, well, I, I don't know. Did I always not like this moment? Like, <laughs> Which just, part specifically? Specifically, uh, John Voight's, John Voight's wife. Claire. Claire hits on Ethan Hunt. Oh yeah. That's kind of like dirty. And like, like <laughs> yeah, she like randomly starts kissing his hand and shit. And then I'm like. And then she goes to say goodbye to him the one time, and she, like, quasi-kisses him or something. And I'm like, this is just fucking weird yeah. and awkward. I don't like it. <laughs> Laying on the seductress. Yeah, it just... I don't know, I just... That part of it really didn't hold up well for me, but... Okay. Uh, Mike, what did you think on the rewatch? Did like it any better or less? I mean, as time goes on... I guess, you know, things that are CGI get less and less and less uh, impressive from that era. Yeah. You know, um, you know, specifically I'm thinking like that last moment, you know, with the, the, the I guess it's like the, the other somewhat famous moment with the, 
it, you know, at the end. The helicopter? I guess the very the Yeah, the helicopter thing where it's, like, coming up to his neck and everything. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Um, but other than that, I feel like this one suffers a lot more than some of the other Mission Impossible movies with its twist. Because its twist is... The first time you see it, I feel like that twist works a lot better. And then I feel like every time after that, I've been like, Ugh. and I start like being like, oh, okay. Just because what, it's too obvious and or something or? Not, not even just too obvious. It's just like, I, I guess the first time watching the movie, I didn't even know they were going to go with a twist ending of any kind. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting it. So when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh God, I can't believe I fell for that. And it was just, I, I didn't feel like it was as well done as it could have been. Okay. Um, and what watching it again, obviously, you already know what it is. So you start every time you watch it, which this is, I've watched it several times. Um, you just start noticing more and more, like, oh, and what? I don't know. I just generally Why? don't enjoy John Voight, <laughs> and it, I don't know. So is that what pulls you out of it, John Voight? Kind of, yeah. I don't buy him at all in that role. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, like John Voight is a like secret agent. It, like I, the secret like an ultra government spook, like the government spook. Like this is like <laughs> Mick Fury level shit, you know. And those, <laughs> what's that, Andy? I was gonna say those damn Gideon stamped it. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just, I feel like he's the one that stands out that just is absolutely does not belong in that role. Okay, like they, need, they need like Tommy Lee Jones. I think what does it compare to his role? In Anaconda, <laughs> have you seen Anaconda? Yeah, it's it's a much better movie than this. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with Ian on that because Ice Cube does say today is a good day, but it's it's also John Voight trying to pull off a Brazilian accent the entire time, yes. which is just so fucking stupid. He can't do it. <laughs> no, like, it's, it is the worst fucking, like, we're talking about Anaconda right now, and I don't want to take us down that rabbit hole, but folks, if you've never seen John Voight's performance in Anaconda, don't watch the whole movie. You're wasting your time. Just look up a two-minute YouTube video of how bad he was in that. Ian, are you he looking is... up when uh, Anaconda released? 97. You... Okay. I... You did see that. Okay, so 96 was Mission Impossible. The year after that, John Voight is in Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, and so he went from this, the $480 million movie, to Anaconda, you know? Like, if you do, if I take out that $480 million, he went from this to Anaconda. You're not going to convince me they made five more Mission Impossibles. I, you know, I feel like John Voight just makes a lot of movies. Like, it, during that time period, I feel like there's a lot of crap he was in. And yeah. Anaconda just happened to have J-Lo in it, so it, you know, became more known at that time. But, yeah, no, he's definitely better in this than he was in Anaconda. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, yeah, it, you know, it just, it's okay, I, I think. Like, it, I guess it's also, I guess, coming from my perspective of having seen all of the newer movies many times many times more than I'd ever rewatch this. Yeah, eventually so when, we, better. when we get to those, we'll start, you know, getting to people's rankings on where, where certain things fall. But for right now, like, for, especially for Ian, this is the only one he has to go on. Just this one. So right, th I this is the bar just, right now. 
Right. That, that's why I'm trying to give like that perspective is I've seen the other ones. I know what's actually out there and this just ain't it. Like it doesn't even feel the same as the other movies at all. I mean, I think the new ones are definitely the, the top tier of what the franchise is right now. But I, I do think that I really, I still really like this one a lot. I, I don't know where I'd rank. I'd really have to sit down and really think where I want to rank this. It still might end up being at the bottom just because I think some of the other ones are, are so good. Um, but I think it's just like a, a spy thriller, which even the action sequences, some of them aren't like real flashy and big, especially compared to what some of the other movies in this franchise do eventually. Um, it's a little bit more more subtle and confined. And like you, f- you think like the whole action sequence in the in the middle of the movie when he's trying to break into the to the vault to get the knock list, like that is a slow moving action sequence devoid of any music and most sound like the the pacing of the movie kind of slows down there but you're still in my opinion I think still at the edge of your seat for a lot of that stuff. I think that sequence is really well directed and set up and the suspense is there the whole time. Well, I think they just you feel that emotional attachment to whether or not that guy shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lingering question for sure. Yeah, and how is he faring in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does get shut shipped up to Alaska at the end of that. For for doing his job and reporting to his superiors that someone stole some shit. <laughs> well, ju- just like Top Gun, Tom Cruise in this movie does not follow orders. <laughs> that guy would have followed the example, not following orders. He wouldn't be in fucking Alaska. <laughs> so I, I want to draw a quick comparison to um, what I believe is the last Never Seen That series you did as well with Fast and the Furious, where these movies all seem to have that escalating... What can we do next? Oh, yeah. Where, you know, Fast and the Furious ended up going to space, where this is all done with practical effects. You know, this is one of those things that, I don't know if it started with this movie or not. I'd have to actually ask you, Brian. I'm sure you have the information. But with Tom Cruise doing his own stunts and insisting on that kind of thing. I think this is... Kind of like ratcheting up what he's actually willing to really do. Yeah, I think this is one of the first... I think it started maybe started around this one because he is listed as a producer on this one, which lets him get away with more. Right. So and I, I know. Th- too, I think this is one of the first definitely. movies he produced. So I think they did let him do more of his stunts and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. Like in like I said, I know too for sure he's doing it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like yeah, probably. But yeah, they just keep ratcheting up just the way the Fast and Furious does. It's just in two different worlds. Yeah, I think you the know? you know Tom Cruise. Any anything that I've watched like behind the scenes of this, well, even just learning about Tom Cruise, I guess. But he's a very big proponent on like really trying to get reactions and stuff out of the audience. So I think once he started ratcheting it up, some of the stunts, he realizes that's what the audience wants to see. And I think part of it, sickly, is some of the stuff he wants to do, which still freaks the hell out of me. I don't know why anyone would want to do this kind of shit that he does, but <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's just escalating every, each and every movie, which I can't fucking wait to see what happens in the next one, but true. Yeah. When you think so, about all the shit that he's done and the time he seriously hurt himself was like a three foot jump that he did. Yeah. Like, but it was onto another building, but it was like, it was yeah. just like all the shit that he's done. It was just a jump. And that's and something that, his ankle in half doing it. Maybe that's one of the other questions we can we can bring up as we go through these movies is like what is what is your favorite stunt that Tom Cruise has done out of the out of the movie we just watched and then we can try to rank stunts at the end or something like that when we get through them all. See which one like the only one I can really think about in this one is is the the hanging from the ceiling. So like I can't think of any other like 
Yeah, he didn't the... actually have an exploding helicopter coming at his throat. No. So. No, he had to let um, Claire mouthfuck his hand. That was a stunt. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I do that one next? Can I sign up for that? <laughs> I'm assuming, though, he they had to have had him in a wind tunnel, right, for the speeding train on top of the speeding train? To have his hair blown back as much as it was? Probably, yeah, something like that. Because I don't think that that's not an effect. That's some sort of practical, like it's not a CG effect. That's some sort of practical thing there. Yeah. Like I think some of the stuff around him is CG, but definitely the wind blowing is yeah, not. Yeah, they, they had CG. to have had him in like one of those high speed wind tunnels or something. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen like I've seen some of the CG work they did on the on the helicopter train sequence, but I don't know if I've seen a lot of the practical stuff they've built for that sequence. I just yeah, that would be a special good question. Yeah, that'd be something to look at. Like I've seen a few like um like comparison shots from I guess it's several of the movies where it's like here's the movie and here's the actual thing where the only thing edited out is like a strap that's keeping him from dying if, oh, yeah. if something goes wrong. Yeah. So Jess made a really good observation when we watched the movie. Um the scene where he drops down to steal the knock list. Yeah. Do you guys know when Cirque du Soleil came out? <laughs> no. <laughs> did this movie spawn Cirque du Soleil? Because didn't it look like he was doing fucking Cirque du Soleil when he was like <laughs> like toe tapping on the thing and flipping around? and A little bit. Yeah. I don't know enough about what all the tricks that Cirque du Soleil does. Cir- Cirque du Soleil does. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, the answer is no. That started in 1984. Oh, fuck. Okay. So Tom Cruise stole got... it from them. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> other way around. That's all. So it, it Cirque du Soleil didn't get popular until after Mission Impossible when people were like, oh, we can see that shit live. <laughs> Tom Cruise is sure going to they... fall from the ceiling and do some tricks for us. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah they were hoping for a guest performance. That's, that's what it was. Uh, the one thing I know behind the scenes about that that drop sequence is that when they were shooting it, the front half of Tom's body kept hitting the floor. So to even him out, they put quarters in his shoes. No shit. To balance him. How many? I don't know what the number was. I just know they used quarters to balance him out. So he wasn't top heavy. And you know, he's the type of guy that I bet figured out how much the quarters in his shoes weighed. So he like did enough arm exercises to like pump up his arms enough. So (laughs) the next time that wouldn't be a problem. (laughs) Like, I, I gained the, the, the 0.76 ounces that I needed in muscle on uh, <laughs> my top half, and now I'm perfectly balanced. Um, One of the things I mentioned is that they, they switched directors and stuff for every... Well, they were, were switching directors for every installment of the movie. So the first one we get is from Brian De Palma. It's the one and only Mission Impossible we're going to get from De Palma. So what did you guys think of De Palma's direction as our as our starting point into this franchise? Andy, I'll start with you. Some of the hitches that happen in this movie uh, don't make sense, even when they go back and you see... Like, you see everything through Tom Cruise's perspective to begin, right? And then you sort of get exposition on what actually happens later when they start revealing you know, like who does what. and um, Like, for instance, the gate scene where Krieger is later to be revealed. Yeah stabs the guy and then 
somehow the lady also gets stabbed <laughs> through the gate as well, which doesn't make any sense coming from somebody who's supposed to be a highly trained agent. Yeah, let like, me let me walk over to the fence from, and stand right in front of it as the guy get, in front of me just got stabbed. Yeah, you can't get away from like a two foot arm reach from through the gate. You just you just you just you back up a couple steps and then start fucking running. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go over there because what are they gonna do? Stab you? Yeah. <laughs> like that that part didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I feel like directorially, uh, it it just didn't. It, it it was it was a speed bump that made my brain sort of hurt a little bit. Yeah, that I wish could have been better explained, or I don't know. I mean, I I think you there. can rationalize that by just she needed to get the list off the dead man, so she had to go over to him getting stabbed. Oh, to get that's the fair. List. That's a fair point. I don't think I would have connected those dots until you just said that. Yes. Um, Ian, what do you think critical. of the the direction? That's fine. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if there's anything like, oh my god, this guy needs to direct other shit, or like, oh my god, this is way better than when he directed Carrie. You know, he directed Carrie. Up. Okay, nineteen seventy six. Nice. I, I... Uh, <clears throat> but you know, it, it's fine. Um, you know, the, the framing of his shots worked. I thought the first person stuff didn't upset me. Yeah, I didn't. It kind of worked. I didn't realize it, how much oh, was in this okay. movie until watching it again. I was like, "Wow, they they are doing a lot of first person work in this movie." Yeah, compared to the Doom movie, it was a lot better. <laughs> and the first person made sense. You know, you don't have the. You're not pretending to be the Rock, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's good. Um, you know, I, I I think my only issues is maybe like they they relied a lot not a relied maybe but there was a lot of like flashbacky stuff where it's like here's what really happened while we're talking about what didn't happen yeah i don't know it just and like it was also had like that weird like i guess it's more of an editorial decision but like tint to it to like make it seem like memories or something and i'm not a big fan of that yeah okay i know it's real you know <laughs> what i mean like I don't need to know that this is a flashback by you putting some fucking tint on it and adding like little cloudy effects, you know. Yeah. I'm an mature adult. <laughs> I can figure it out. Uh Mike, what do you think of De Palma's direction? You know, I, I I will go back and throw what I figured uh Ian would have thrown out is like a choice from De Palma's past, which is Scarface. Um and say that this is nowhere near uh a, its quality of work as he did with Scarface. <laughs> um but I think this is, again, I, I agree kind of with what Ian said. It's okay. I didn't find any glaring major problems I had with how it was directed. Um, Did he write it? No. No. Okay. Because I feel like part of, like, Andy's issue might, it like, it falls on the director and the screenplay in that instance, I think. Because he's trying to work with what they put for him. I don't know. Like, I I don't want to entirely blame him for that sequence because he didn't write it. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I could probably just plug this every time we talk about one of these movies. But there's a there's a podcast I started getting turned on to just from hearing it from other places. But it's called Light the Fuse, and it's two guys that okay. just go through the Mission Impossible franchise. They actually just hit 200 episodes today on this talking about just... Mission Impossible for 200 episodes. I mean, they've dabbled wow. in some other stuff. They've talked to some John Wick people and some uh, Top Gun people. Um, but for the most part, they've done 200 episodes on Mission Impossible. 
So they've got some deep dive episodes of like alternate versions of what some of the movies were um, behind the scenes. Like they talked to De Palma. They talked to Brad Bird. They talked to uh, Chris McQuarrie, like directors, writers, screenwriters, uh, editors, uh, composers, like a lot of people that are involved in making these movies. They've had them on the podcast to talk about them. So it's that part is really cool to me. And if you want to just hear about how some of these got made and some of the stuff that could have happened, some of the stuff that changed, like that's a, that's a good resource to check out. Hmm. Um, I feel the like the writers a, for this seem pretty good. So that's why I'm, I guess, also a little surprised. That's what I was thinking I mean, about. De Palma's so the, a pretty good director. Like the, it's, yeah. that was one of the stories I remember from their podcast was the two writers. It was, um, I had it up and now it's gone. Uh, Steve David Zalian and David Cope. Yeah, David David Kep and Steve Zalian. So they were the two that eventually ended up writing it. Robert Town and David Kep. De Palma basically, I think, tasked both of them to write a movie. So they were both in like two separate hotel rooms. I I can't remember if it was in the same hotel or not, but writing different versions of the script. And they eventually just picked one of them to go with that script. It must have been David Kep's because Robert Town isn't credited as, as the story writer. Hmm. Or maybe it was vice versa. Maybe they started with Kep and Zalian's story and then made the screenplay with Town and Kep. I can't remember. I can't remember if a story comes first and then the screenplay. Or I think screenplay is what they use for the movie. So screenplay has to come second, I think. Yeah, yeah. the story would come first. And okay, so maybe I had it reversed. But either way, they had like two competing writers trying to write like the same thing in two different places. And they just kind of picked one and went with it. So that was kind of interesting. So maybe that's some of the, the disjunction with some of the writing. It just didn't have time to fit. I know they were against the gun, I think, when they wrote that. Okay. Yeah, but how much Coke did each have? Was <laughs> an equal amount of Coke? I Yeah, that I don't have the answer to. Um, I don't know. Some of the direction, I think, for me was kind of cool. Like, I liked... Maybe it's more of an editing choice, maybe, actually. But the, the whole sequence where John Voight comes back, he talks to Ethan, and Ethan's playing through the scenario in his head as John Voight says it was Kittredge. And Ethan's playing through the scenario, talking to Voight like he's saying it's Kittredge, but he's seeing John Voight's character do everything. Right. Like that, I thought that was a cool choice. Like you're, he's saying one thing, but he's thinking something else, and you're seeing what Ethan is thinking. Um, but I, I still think that the whole sequence in the beginning, when they go to the embassy and have to steal the necklace to begin with, I think how all that plays out is really well, like very, very suspenseful. I think. I think that that sequence still holds up how all the team members start to get picked off. Um, and then even when Ethan sits down and talks to Kittreds and starts pointing out the other team that was there the whole time, like that whole thing I think was really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that sticks out to me right now, but, uh, so I was trying to think of like stuff to ask again, every, since this is a franchise, there are some things that repeat. I'm going to ask at least this group of questions, hopefully every time, and we'll see what everybody thinks. So, cold open wise, what did you guys think of the cold open, Mike? That this is the sequence that opens the movie before the the title sequence. So it's this the 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 dead hooker with the guy and the mask gag right at the beginning, at the very very beginning. As a cold open goes, how did how do how do you feel about that one? I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to fairly assess like. Back in 96, how did this work? And I'm thinking, like, back then, that was pretty cool. Because it, I feel like cold opens weren't a big thing then. And now we're more, much more used to it because so many TV shows do the same thing now. Yeah. 
Um, but back then it wasn't quite as common. But it's also something from James Bond, kind of. Yeah, James so Bond, that was always a staple for them, too, yeah. Right. Um, and this one in particular, it's okay. I mean, it reveals a major plot utensil in the, the face mask stuff. So it has a purpose, and that's good. And it's a cool purpose, because at the time, you weren't aware of that. Yeah. Because, like, some of the other disguises in this movie that it's very clearly fucking Tom Cruise underneath the damn mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, like, it, I feel like in that respect it did better, but it was, it was okay. I, I you know, pretty good. Uh, Ian, what did you think of the cold open for this one? I mean, you can never go wrong with a dead hooker. I mean, it's been a good night. <laughs> I'm glad that's on record. <clears throat> It's a classic gag. You know, everyone does it at the frat parties and their <laughs> bachelor parties. Um, it's fun, you know, like, hey, dead hooker, you know, how are we getting out of this one, Johnny? You know, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if we needed to establish that masks are real, you know. <laughs> I think I would have been fine finding out later if people wear masks. You know, if you're going to, like, capture the guy anyways and probably kill him or take him to a different CIA black site, probably don't need to be disguised you know because as we clearly established tom cruise can't do voices <laughs> that's why when he's wearing the john voight mask he doesn't talk yeah so it's kind of like well do, you know it's just a fucking mask and this guy is becoming a non-person after this so what what's the mask for see i guess i never saw it that way i always saw that whoever they're questioning in that sequence that they presumably pick him up somewhere send him on like he's he's thinking he's picking up a lady Presumably that lady drugs him, he passes out, they bring him to this staged area, make it look like he just wakes up and has this dead girl next to him, and then the, I don't know, it would be some sort of police or, or somebody shows up, which would be Ethan Hunt in disguise, questioning the guy, like, as, a, as an authoritarian figure, like, you know, you're gonna go to jail, we're gonna get you for this because you killed this lady, tell us what we need to know. He finally tells him what he needs to know, they re-drug him. And then they ship him off somewhere to just basically let him wake up in a gutter somewhere, and he's gonna think it was a dream or or something. I don't. I guess I never saw them as arresting him or killing him. I figure they're just gonna set him back in the world, because like you don't, you're not gonna go out there after that and immediately admit. I don't know what the hell just happened last night, but I may or may not have killed a hooker. No, but you might tell people you leaked this information that's really important. Well, then that's on like, whoever he if leaked. They can but remember that, 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 that they leaked it. That's a loose end. Right, but at that point, it's I think unnecessary. It's... it's the CIA. They killed Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> it's a loose end. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't right, see I don't the, know about the all good that, guys but... is just offing the informant right there. They're not good people. They work for the CIA or the government. No, They're not no. good people. It's the IMF, dude. It's not the CIA. <laughs> Either way, they have <laughs> one of their members is a drunk alcoholic hockey coach. <laughs> like they're not good people. I was like, wait a minute, who is that? Oh, Estevez. I got it. Estevez. <laughs> quack. Quack. I'm sorry. Um, Andy, what'd you think of the, the cold open? You know, I like the cold open and it um I don't rem I don't remember that part from like previous watches that I've done in this movie. So it was sort of a really cool like introduction into what can be capable or what can happen in this movie other than yeah. like the first 10 minutes or whatever it is. And thinking back on it, when he's waking Claire up from being the dead hooker, I think it was Claire, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a tender moment, so maybe there were some feelings there already, or maybe she was already trying to bait the hook with it, with what happened in the rest of the movie. Yeah, it depends how far you, you want to go back to for the, for the, for you know, for the for the villain plan. How how long has he planted the seed to to turn on everybody and kill them and stuff? Plus, she was in the role of a hooker, so method acting. <laughs> um, going for the the mask gag stuff. One of the things I'm going to try to ask you guys every movie: What was your favorite mask gag? They keep doing it. Oh yeah, that's a Mission Impossible staple. Right. They made the movie. It's called The Mask. Let it alone. <laughs> Completely different movie. Same concept. <laughs> Guy wears a mask. It's kind of funny. Uh, do, so what's your answer, Ian? Do you, you need time to think about it, or you, you got an answer? I don't even remember what the question is. I, Favorite mask gag. <laughs> you got hung up on the Jim Carrey movie. We're, we're past that. Oh, the one where he says, smoking. <laughs> All right. Mike, what's your favorite mask gag? <laughs> I think it's the one where the dog gets it and then pees on somebody. Andy, what's your favorite mask gag? <laughs> I, I think that my favorite would have to be the the cold open because you're just like, okay, I'm watching Mission Impossible, and then you're like, oh, holy shit, that was Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think how many we had. Like there was that one, the one at the end where he pretends to be John Voight. I think there was one in the middle I where think... he. He when pretends he was, to be a fireman. He's dressed up with the fireman. You, you never actually when they break into the CIA. Yeah, you never actually see him take that one off. You just see him sort of putting it into the sack when the security card comes back. Right. But the other reveal would be when he's the senator and he's done being the senator right before they get into the. Oh elevator. right. Yeah, yeah. Which we knew about going in, so that's not really a a surprise, I guess. Right, and I feel like if you if you follow the tracks well enough for the final John Voight one. And sort of see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's not saying anything and just sort of staring at her, like, disappointingly. Yeah. Because he never got to sample that. Taste taste the goods is taste what the I goods. think I'm they sorry, said. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the cold open one, I think, was the best use of the mask in this movie. Um, Andy, I'll throw this one to you. Can you describe to us what was the villain's plan? <laughs> oh, oh, um, I believe the villain's plan was to get the Nautilus, sell to Max, make a whole bunch of money while framing Tom Cruise. I actually think that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Any any disagreements from Mike or Ian? I believe he wanted to retire to Prague Morbina. I, I don't know where you're going with this and it kind of scares me. You know, Morbina. It's oh god, no, 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 no! (laughs) I heard it the second time. (laughs) Uh, fuck you. Um, (laughs) a question we're probably gonna have to ask every movie. Uh, Mike, I'll throw this one to you. Does Ethan go rogue? Does he go rogue? Yes. I mean, is that an opinion, or is this just something we just say yes to every movie? Yeah, because I get. Yeah, because he's yeah he's rogue in this one. He tries to come in. Of course, they think he's the bad guy, but yeah, he goes off on his own to do his own thing. So yeah, I'd say I'd say he goes he rogue. He's disavowed. I mean, it, isn't that kind oh, of the Mission right. Impossible yes. story? Like, is it's like he's disavowed. He's got to go rogue. I don't think he gets disavowed all the time, but I definitely think he goes rogue a lot. So 
Okay. You, you well, can... I mean, as soon as he's disavowed, though, he's de- he by definition he's gone rogue. Yeah. Andy, go ahead. So you could almost look at it in like two two sort of like an overarching like going rogue, and then like a smaller like mission. Like in that mission, John Voight almost counts on him not to abort the mission. Okay. If Tom Cruise aborts the mission, when he says abort, 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 you know, before he like shoots himself on the bridge and falls into the water or whatever, yeah, a lot of that stuff is is almost implausible. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it's sort of his mo. To so this whole go series of movies rogue. could have been avoided. <laughs> well, no, because if if he doesn't go rogue, there they still kill the guy. Krieger would still kill the guy at the fence. Right, but... But he would still steal the list and then presumably still plans to kill Tom Cruise off just somewhere else. But what we know now is that that disc was a fake. So he didn't know that in the moment. Correct, but hypothetically, if Andy's right and they called abort and everybody went their separate ways, some of the team would have survived. Well, he, he would have... Like, you don't think he had contingency plans for... If the plan went like the plan was supposed to, you don't think he had a plan for that's how he disposes of people. Well, maybe. But, yeah. See, that... I don't think this is a bet. This is not a Batman game <laughs> where he's expecting Tom Cruise to go rogue and then planning killing everyone off based on Tom Cruise dis- not listening to orders. Right. This isn't the Top Gun universe. <laughs> Why is it the Top Gun universe? Why did you spin Because he it? doesn't listen to any orders. <laughs> And in Mission That's Impossible, just that Tom has not Cruise been in any movie. He's just like you told it me has... to do something, gonna do the opposite. <laughs> he followed orders of Battlefield Earth, and this isn't <laughs> established yet in the Mission Impossible universe that he goes rogue constantly. Right. Yeah. As a as a first movie, this is the one precedent we have for that. Yes. So yeah. So that's why I think it wasn't a Batman gambit. He just planned. He had alternatives to killing off the team. Okay. Um. So Ian's vote for go rogue is yes. Ian, I mean, Ethan. he threw gum at CIA agents. <laughs> Andy, you're voting yes for Go Rogue. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I think this was this was one of the questions we asked before we watched the movie. How many times does Tom Cruise run in this movie? I think the the numbers I wrote down was Ian guessed five, Andy guessed six, I guessed four. I think I have a tally from what I remember. Um, Mike, I'll start with you because I know you're coming in late, but I did try to give you some time to simmer on this one. So was this meant to be a guess on how many times he was going to run without having seen it? Or was this meant to be a remembrance of how many times we, he We guessed before watching the movie how many times we thought he oh, was going to run. Okay. So so we should take these, like, before Mission Impossible 2, we should get a guess on that. Yeah, we could try to do that. Okay. Okay. But as a final, just as a, I mean, I think, like and I said, I think I have a right as answer. Far into the series, I'm going to go three. Okay. Uh... Ian, what did you what did you think the final tally was? I think it was three, but I do want to point out I did say at least three. Right, and but then you made me. We made you pick you a number. Made me say a number, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I said before this all started at least three. So I am technically correct. <laughs> Wait until you see Brian's numbers actually four, and you're like, <laughs> um, Andy, what do you think your final tally is for for Tom Cruise running? Uh. Three after watching the movie, so I was half right. 
I think, yeah, I think, I think three was the number I came up with. I think it was all in the first act of the movie. I don't think he runs. No. In two thirds of this movie. Wow. I was just going. You told me like you guys guessed four, five, and six. Uh, I was just prices writing. <laughs> yeah, I think. That's I think I I'll give doing. you the you know less than you know at least three, and that is what you said. So I think I think I think we were all right. Because I, I think, think he, the only time he's running is in like chasing the knock list. He doesn't run at the CIA when they're stealing the knock list again. He doesn't run on the train, and he doesn't run. He can't really run outside the train. It's blowing him around everywhere. And Unless you consider falling running. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. No. I think I think we should count the uh, sprint army crawling in the in the. Oh, in the vent. <laughs> yeah, in the vent. Very very fastly getting through that vent. Well, no. and I think in future movies you might need like a time spent running kind of. Which thing. I thought about that, but I think we're all going to come up with a different time, like on screen running. I think it's very hard for each person to time it based on what he's running. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be exact. But... Well, either either way, I thought it was going to be too <laughs> complicated for us to try to stop watch this thing as we're watching a movie. Oh, so yeah. just tallying up instances of running seemed like the easier way to go. Um. Favorite uh, action sequence out of the movie, Andy? Which is which is your favorite sequence? Oh man, that's that's such a hard question to answer. There's a lot of really cool sequences in this movie. I feel like the speeding train with the helicopter is the most iconic, and it's the one I remember the best okay. before the rewatch. So. Yeah, sticking with that one. Yep. Uh, Mike, favorite action sequence? I mean, are we considering the the lasers and the drop in action sequence? I would. I think that's going to be mine. Yeah, I mean, then I, I would say that. I think I feel like that was the most unique thing to the movie. I feel like all the others I've seen in other movies before, I feel like that one is definitely the most unique. Okay. And it was really well done, especially for the time with how quiet it gets while he's in there. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, all around, I thought it was a really, I guess it's like the iconic scene for the movie to me. Like, it's the one I remember the most. Well, like Ian said, that's the one they play in theaters all the time to promote theater going. Right. Uh, Ian, what's your favorite uh, action sequence from the movie? Um, It's either when the guy speed walks to the bathroom... <laughs> <laughs> a couple times like that's pretty well done you get that upwards angle really feel the momentum the need for that speed in his pants and it's that or when uh disgruntled lawyer turned hockey coach gets crushed to death oh, i forgot <laughs> about that part yeah yeah i swear every time i watch this movie and I like it's been a while. I forget Estevez is in it. <laughs> I know. And yeah. At the start of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, there he is. Oh, I know what happens. Yep. Him. Yep. Every time I, well, every time I've seen it, which is one, <laughs> I think, oh, he had other work. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think for me, it's the the Langley sequence. I think dropping from the ceiling. I think is is the one that sticks out to me. I think that's still my favorite. Oh. The oh third one would be when he. Does all the sleight of hand with the disc. Oh, the magic tricks. Yeah, yeah. those are my three. Bathroom, Estevez being crushed, and magic. Fair. Okay. It's also the plot of the King Arthur movie. <laughs> uh, Which one? 
All of them. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. So we've hit pretty much all the questions I had. Those are all the, the hopefully the repeatable ones we'll try to bring up each time. But I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any other, I guess, maybe ideas for repeatable questions we should try to go through every one of these movies? Do they ever use aliases? Because everyone just used apparently their government name the whole fucking movie. Except when he's pretending to be like a senator. It's like all Ethan Hunt. It's all Claire. Like they didn't weren't using like code names or nothing. Maybe that's like going to be the big reveal at the end of the last movie is what his real name is. <laughs> I feel like oh, they do. Shit, but I... Matt Damon. What's that movie called? I feel uh, like Born they, Identity. They do start doing. Jason Bourne? <laughs> is Dave Jason Bourne the whole time? No, no, it's not. Right? No, it's not. Yeah. I had to think, like, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> no, that's what they call him the whole yeah, time. No, I'm yeah. talking about Ethan Hunt's real name's Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah. Okay. You lost me there. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> nailed it. First try. Uh, I don't know. We'll try to think, see if we can think of some other repeatable questions I mean, next y- time. You could look at, like, twists. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like you, best twist in the it? movie? Or did you yeah, see Yeah, like, it? best twist, or did you, Yeah, like... Did you see it coming? Okay. Or, which is his best leather jacket? Because he had a really nice crushed leather jacket in this film. <laughs> I don't know if he wears leather jackets um, every time. I don't know if we can use that as a, as a benchmark. I mean, it, he wears one to fly all the time. I'm sure he has one in other movies. I'm not saying he doesn't wear one in any other Mission Impossible. Just, I just don't get think... Get rid of the leather part. He, <laughs> just sure favorite he jacket. jacket. Favorite jacket. Best jacket. Okay. I'll write that Crushed right down. Uh, best way for a uh, a uh, message to self-destruct. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. that one was freaking lame. <laughs> there was a couple of them in this movie. And who wants to fuck Tom the most? Which, there were a couple? Wasn't there? Well, I thought Max really wanted to fuck him, I too. It was just get, don't we get, like, the one that's, like, the Walkman or headset or whatever that's, like, a cassette? Yeah, that's the that's the only one. It's John Voight. And then don't, it, don't you get a payphone? Or my, there's a payphone, but I don't think it. I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it's. I thought it smoked. I thought it smoked. Like that's it. a that's a different movie. Oh, is that okay? I definitely think that happens in another one. I know they, there's a payphone in one of them. The I might. Phone. I might be just but it mixing stuff up. But still, if it happens more than once in a movie, it would be good. Or maybe it's something for the end of the series to discuss. Yeah, I feel like yeah, maybe we'll have to save the self destruct ones for when we get through all six, because I think they only do it once a movie. Ooh, what was the impossible mission? That's okay. I'll give you that one. And this one, Mike, it was trusting people. <laughs> That's my impossible mission in life. That's <laughs> hardest thing. Okay. So when she gives him that movie on the plane, what media is that? I thought it was like a beta max. That's what I thought too. What like, it like. It's in be- it's supposed to be like a video cassette, but it's not like a VHS well, it, cassette. It's smaller than that. Well, it wasn't it like the type of thing that you would put in the um and I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember if they were called Betamax or not, but like the You remember if you had a camcorder, you had like the Those are lip- what mini D V. Is that what that was? I think those were like called mini D V tapes. Okay, that, that's like what the I thought. Smaller tape that would go in the bigger tape, so you could put it in the VCR yeah. type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it looked yeah. like that size. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know if it was Betamax or that, but I remember both of those as a kid being around. Yeah. So. Um. Anything else that stuck out to you guys about the movie? Anything oh, else yeah. worth mentioning? Um. 
hacking was really easy. <laughs> you you literally just type what you want it to do. <laughs> oh yeah, and nineteen ninety six internet was real nice too, right? Codes. Oh, nice done. <laughs> I love how he's searching for Max on Max dot com or whatever the yeah. hell else he was looking at. <laughs> oh, that was he was using BBS. That was the wild part. Like, because BBS is like pre-internet type shit. Like, that's not websites and stuff. So they were like using older tech too at the same time. <laughs> like, they had like super fast, like a DSL like light speed connection, and then they also had Tom Cruise going on BBS forums to sell data and intel <laughs> using like old school email at job job one two three dot net. <laughs> like, it was a wild thing. There's a new game on Game Pass called like Last BBS. You should check out. Anyway, speaking of BBS. Um, there was this other really old thing that I noticed in the movie. So when he's like, I think being interviewed like as the Senator and it's like looking like it's on a TV screen, like it's a television show interview. Okay. I just, it felt bad. Like that was a bad scene. It felt like a bad <laughs> SNL sketch made it into this film. I, it, that's all that screamed to me. I was like, I'm watching bad SNL right now. Cause it's the Tom Cruise doing a crappy accent with a really crappy mask on. Right. That's just yeah, like that's, really it felt like a bad <laughs> SNL sketch. <laughs> Like in this movie, like just random, or if it was a cone head instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the technology thing, I gotta agree. That's for me something that stands out about the movie. It makes you know, the I movie feel very about, dated, for sure. Right. In the, the hacking in movies back then, I think we talked about it when did we discuss Johnny Mnemonic? No. Or I we just think. I, I think we've discussed it like outside the podcast, but there's like scenes in Johnny Mnemonic that talk about thirty-two gigabytes, like it's this <laughs> insane amount of memory. Which at the time, compared to like they were you know, back when that movie was made, it was like when you bought a you know, a tower, you're talking two hundred and fifty-six megabytes was the expensive one. Oh yeah. You know, and so yeah, when movies like this were coming out and like their portrayal of the internet nobody understood what hacking was like go back they and watch don't. the movie hackers and watch how fucking horrible that gets things. <laughs> it's literally or... called hackers and it's just a joke compared to what actually would need to be done. Or, or, uh, the Sandra Bullock movie that, Oh the God. Net. Oh, the Nets. <laughs> I remember the Nets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's just, they got it so bad, but the audience didn't understand it. Yeah. So we didn't, they didn't know anybody. have yeah. to, do anything with it because at the time you know i mean the audience today that does understand it we're in our mid to late 30s we were 10 11 12 at the time in somebody's case they weren't even born yeah i mean yeah back then it was still just magic yeah exactly (laughs) like it was all just like we hadn't learned to code yet it was just oh yeah you type in the computer does what you tell it it's it's computer stuff that's what happened i think (laughs) up until like the mid 2000s computers and internet were treated as magic yeah like they essentially were magic. They replaced magic in movies. <laughs> and the computer did it, you know. <laughs> and that's why we got the Matrix. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, anything else to add? I, I last thing I'm going to end on is a rating for everybody. If we got nothing else, I wrote down the word or the form of the word Morbius uh, one, two, three, four, five, six times on my notes. I that does not surprise me. How many different oh, forms I, did it show up in? I know we got Morbius uh, and Morbin, but was there anything else? Uh, Book of Morb, Book and of, of course Morb. Morbina. Nice. Oh, right, and just the classic "Taste the Goods" was "Taste like Morb." <laughs> I wanted Sean Voigt to say that after he said 
I've tasted the good. I think you're a little ahead of, the, ahead of the time. Like there. orb. A little, a little ahead it would have been awesome, wouldn't it? No. no. Oh, brother, is he on cameo? Is he alive? Who, Jared Leto? John Voight. <laughs> I think he's still alive, yes. Is he on cameo? Because guess who's not paying twenty bucks to say taste I thought, the he, I thought you asked if he had a cameo in something. Oh, like, I, was... I thought the same thing. He's talking about paying him to say something. Taste just, like just, just, you need to do this, and then just <laughs> have several dance. different John Voight. It's Morbin time. Taste the Morb, <laughs> or have him whisper it like "Taste the Rainbow," but it's "Taste the Morbin time," <laughs> or say, you know, something like that, like. And then just share them all and uh, views and li- and we'll get all the downloads and. No, oh, yeah, I have it just John in time Boyd for Morbius Two: Return of the King. I don't think that's how it works. I don't. <laughs> hey, if we say we have John Voight saying stupid shit on the podcast and we actually do, <laughs> who's not coming for that? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna wrap it up with this rating out of ten for everybody. Andy, what do you give Mission Impossible out of 10? Uh, going into it, I thought I was going to give it a much higher score, but knowing the hooks and the twists already going into it, it just it wasn't quite as enjoyable as I expected it to be, so I'm going to give it a solid 6.5. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you give in Mission Impossible? I, I feel like Andy read my mind. I'm right on a 6.5 myself. I feel like it's that's just kind of where it falls. I I couldn't go higher for it. Okay. Uh, Ian, first Mission Impossible movie, what would you rate it out of 10? Now, if you had asked me to rate this on a scale of 1 to Morbius, it'd get a full Morb. So on a inverted scale of 1 to 10, that's a 5. This movie, as good as Morbius. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Complete bullshit. <laughs> uh, just so as good as Morbius. So a 5? That's what you're giving it? Yes. Oh, or okay, okay. a full morb. A full morb. Because Morbius is a five. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I'm I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I think I think seven point five for me. I think, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's it's good. That's a morb and a half. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> um, I I definitely think the franchise, as we talked about, gets better. Uh, there's definitely ones that I like a lot more, but I still think this is pretty solid for 1996. I think it still holds up pretty well. I think a lot of the the twists and suspense and stuff are still still work for me. I think it's still good as a just, as a first I entry. Wanted, I think it's pretty good. If I wanted to watch a rebooted television show action spy movie, I'd rather watch The Man from Uncle. I mean, don't undersell that movie. I think that movie is really good. Uh, yeah, that, I would rather watch that than this. Okay, it, we averaged out to a six point four. By the way, we'll take Ish. it. That's not bad for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll take a break from Mission Impossible for about two months. We'll try to come back and, like I said, try to do this every every two months. So we leading up to Mission Impossible Seven. Uh, the next one we have to look forward to, Mission Impossible Two, was released in two thousand, directed by John Woo. Woo! So that's what we have to look forward to the next time. Um, next up for us, I think the the next podcast you will hear, which is going to be weird because we're we're going to record it before this is even released. Uh, but next one you're going to hear should be the Harry Potter trivia that we're going to try to do. Uh, so by, by now it's, it's have, it will have been live and it will have been recorded, but if you want to go back and watch the on demand video, it'll be on my Twitch channel. Uh, I will save that video. If you want to go back and watch us actually play trivia, 
Uh, we tried to do, we did that with the Star Wars thing uh, for for May the Fourth. It worked out pretty good for Star Wars. So we're gonna try Harry Potter, and see how we do. Josh is gonna be giving us the questions, so uh, we'll hopefully we'll all compete and do well enough there. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I expect to be last, so we'll champs. see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is even that. Like I said, this will release after. So these are our predictions before. We'll see where we're at. Uh, but that's it. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us five star rating and review. You can give us a share on social media. Be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you listen: Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon. Hopefully, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, as always, find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy Super Friends. Go to Facebook.com/slash Bry Guy Super Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, anything there. Uh, try to email us, bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com. It's legit. I haven't checked it in probably six months, maybe longer. I don't know. I lost count. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at bgsuperfriends. That I will see, that I will respond to. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's Jedi Bryguy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. That's where we will have done Harry Potter trivia. Anytime you want to watch us do possibly a live recording, we sometimes stream it there. Uh, if you want to randomly see me play games here and there, I do that there as well. And that's it. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Toast. Toast. <laughs> for a second, I'm like, why is Andy screaming toast? And then I got it. I understood. Toast.